Welcome to Real Parents, Real Results. I'm your host, Tara Murphy. In this podcast series, we will be having real discussions about advocating for children with special needs and learning disabilities. With me today is my guest, Gary Whiteson, father to a son with autism and executive director of POAC Autism Services. Gary, thank you for speaking with me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. When did you create POAC? POAC is now 21 years old. Yeah, so we've been around a, a while. And I would say we're probably the largest parent member agency in the state, if not the country. That's incredible. I don't know the size of Autism New Jersey, but... It, we love Autism New Jersey. I was on their board for four years. Dr. D. Canning, who runs it, she's an incredible person. I have nothing but great things to say about them. They deal more heavily in the professional end than the parent end, even though we both all do both. But like we have events where we get thousands of parents attending. So it's a little bit different that way. Yes, I attended one of the walks. It was maybe 2014. There was a character dressed as Elmo, one dressed as Cookie Monster. (laughs) The children loved it, of course. And, you know, how did that come about from your organization? Well, you know, we're not funded by the government, unlike every other group out there, it seems. So everything that we do is privately funded. So we started walkathons many years ago as a way for income. And every event we hold, we make it incredibly fun for the entire family, informative and fun. And even our resource fairs, all the resource providers have to have a kid-friendly activity and give away. So while mom or dad is talking to the professional, there's something for the child or adult with autism to have and enjoy. So we, we always try to make everything fun. It is, and it's very important, especially for the little ones. How often do you have resource fairs? Throughout the year, pre-COVID, <laughs> everything's a little bit different. But uh, the year before COVID, we had 328 events for free for the autism community, 328. In one year? In one year. In one oh, year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of incredible. And all throughout the state north, south, central, and in many of those, there re- there's resource fairs. We have seven walkathons, so we have resource fairs at all our walkathons, plus individuals. But And we also participate in other organizations' resource fairs as well. I was going to ask about that as well. I've only been to one disability fair, which was right before the shutdown, actually. Right. So... Well, it's very nice to hear about all the activity that you've done. Autism Shield, what inspired you to start start that program? Autism Shield started when my son Christopher, who's now 26, almost 27, he was five years old and he almost died in the lake by our house. He got out of the house when his mom was in the shower. You know, she's an incredible mother, but he waited for her to be in the shower, got out. And I won't tell you the whole story, but they found him in the lake near, near dead. And because of that incident and the need for police to know how to search for missing children, half of all individuals with autism will go missing sometime in their life, half. Um, so if you have a child with autism, you have a 50-50 shot, your child would go missing. So Autism Shield started from that event. That, that event that, thank God, my son was found alive and rescued. But another minute, 
the other way, he would not be with us today. So it was because of that we started training police, then firefighters, then EMS, and then hospital staff, then security, and then certs, then search and rescue, air marshals, any first responder whatsoever. And then we expanded it further still to include parents, caregivers, and educational professionals. One third of all missing children with autism go missing from public schools, a third. So you think you sent your child to school, they're safe. Uh, one third of the children who go missing go missing from public schools. And I'm not pointing fingers at the schools because that means the other two thirds they go missing from mom and dad. But there's concrete things that we could do. Before we started the podcast, I mentioned I'm Irish. And I always mention in my training that why it's important to everybody that I'm Irish is because I love meat and potatoes. So our trainings, our workshops, they're always meat and potatoes. You walk away with concrete things. How can I keep my child, my student safe? How can I teach them? How can I do X, Y, Z? I'm not one of the guys who talks up in the clouds. I always keep it. My job is to give you the tools needed to help your child or your student. So that's how it started many years ago. And it's growing all the time, all the time. We don't even advertise it. And we've we've trained over 72,000 first responders already. Incredible. and we lost track of how many lives that are directly credited, saved to the program. Countless, over and over and over again. Police chief, EMS captain calls us up. This child or adult would have been dead if not for POAC training our, our officers. That, that, that's happened too many times to count, to count. Much less the interactions that just go safer for everybody involved. Everybody involved. Yeah. When I asked you, I was thinking it was either one of the tragedies that you saw in the news or your own experience. And I'm glad to hear that your son was was okay. Yes. Thank God. Thank God. And too often after a child loses their life, you know, wanders off and very often found dead in a body of water. That's a very common um, outcome. That's when everybody wants training. Oh, how do we keep our kids safe? How do we, well, we have to get this. And we're ready for that. But we have to be proactive. We have to think about stuff before it happens, before it happens, not after a tragic event. We have to work on this much, much sooner. I have a couple, more than a couple. I have a bunch of, my first name's Gary. All the kids call me Mr. Gary. I'm known by Mr. Gary to thousands of people. Right. Uh, most of the parents call me Mr. Gary at this time. My golden rules of safety, one of them, every individual with autism has to know how to swim, period, end of discussion. So one of the things that we do for New Jersey is we maintain a database of county by county, the places that we personally recommend to take your child for swimming lessons if they have autism. So well, yeah, just one have small to, piece. I'm going to have to do that because as, as you're saying that, I'm thinking that, that mine really still doesn't know how to swim. And right. we're, we're still having trouble teaching, uh, teaching that. And uh, it's been challenging. We work, like I said, we, we work and play nice with, with everybody. And one of the incredible people we partnered with was, um, is Sharon Schaefer from Schaefer Sports Center. And what we do, POAC sponsors free swimming lessons for all individuals with autism. 
at Schaefer Sports Center. And we do that every year, regardless of age, regardless of age. Right now, that's suspended due, due to COVID, but COVID's going to be over. And so that's something that we work with Schaefer Sports Center. And I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if I have to work a part-time job. I'm paying for those individuals. And I say individuals because it's just not children. You know, we, we had a 30-year-old young woman who learned to swim for the first time through the program. So very, very vital that our, our kids and adults know how to swim. Good to hear that. It's very scary. scary. It's very scary. Very scary. But it's, it's something that we could do something about at the same time. And there's a lot of programs out there, a lot of good resources out there. So we could talk later. I could give you all those resources. Sure. The proactive approach is the way to go with this because once it's too late, it's too late. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about being proactive, something that POAC has really led the way with is sex education for individuals with special needs. Most schools consider sex education for individuals with autism after something bad happens. Public masturbation, touching somebody, touching themselves. In high school, hey, POAC, could you come in and help us with this situation? It's so much better if we start sex ed for individuals with special needs in preschool. And preschool sex ed is girl, boy, bathing suit covers it, you don't touch it. But we have yearly conferences, full day conferences on sexuality and, and safety. And, and I, I would say, you know, we're really the experts in the field when it, when it comes to that. And it's, it's a subject that people don't like to talk about. And it's definitely a subject that we need to talk about way, way more and be proactive about, like you said. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, we haven't even broached it yet. Yeah. Uh, something and under they're how old? And they're how old? Five and nine. Yeah. So. yeah. You want to start thinking about it right now. In fact, being proactive next year when we have the conference, that's a conference that you, you should definitely attend. You know, the sexual abuse rate of our children by predators are females on the spectrum close to, depending on what study, 60 to 70% of our girls are sexually assaulted before their 18th birthday. For boys, again, depends on the report, about a third, about 30% are sexually assaulted before they turn 18. And half of individuals with a cognitive disability like autism who are sexually assaulted are sexually assaulted 10 or more times. This is an ongoing thing. And, and the problem is, we always think, well, it can't happen to my child. Oh, it's somebody else's. The, the parent of the nonverbal child, nothing happens to my baby because someone I know and love and trust is always with them. But the parents of the more independent individuals, oh, it can't happen to my daughter. She tells me everything that happens to her. You don't get the numbers that we get. You don't get half of the children elope, go missing. You don't get roughly half of our children are sexually assaulted. You don't get higher suicide rates unless it's all of our children, all. So we have to really have frank discussions and open our eyes and be proactive, not just for our children, but all, all the children in the spectrum. Not to get too heavy no. on you, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's reality. And even if a child has communication skills, even if they're able to tell you something happened, better to prevent that from happening than... Yeah waiting until afterward and having to hear about it. 
And for those children who use communication devices, and I know many, there's not even language programmed into their devices to be able to report sexual abuse. It's oh. not language in their device because we don't think they need it. Oh, it so, should be like pressing a red button or something. Absolutely. But you have to think of these things in order to, to get it done. And there's simple corrections, but they're just not being done. It, it's really overlooked until something tragic happens. Yeah, just awful. Glad someone is on top of it. Thank you. Uh, everybody should be, including myself. So speaking of the, the topic of children getting older and yes. transitioning into adulthood and jobs, what kind of work do you do or have you done for adults on the spectrum? Yeah, as I said, my son's 26 and Simone Tallini, the director of program development at POAC, my co-director, if you would. Her son is 28, I think maybe 20, not turning 29 soon. So we get it. We understand adults because we're parents of adults on the spectrum. And we do a lot, a lot of training, a lot of workshops for the families, for the schools as well. We often get attorneys coming in to talk about estate planning, job sampling. 14 is when the school is supposed to start dealing on transitioning. And I can't tell you how many times we get a phone call from a mom. Oh, my son's graduating in June. What am I supposed to do? And it's May when we're, they're calling us. And yeah, what can I do in a month? We want those phone calls, frankly, at 12 to start getting them on their way. Um, so we do a lot of training, awareness, skills assessment. And frankly, we work with agencies that provide you know, services and jobs. And we go in and we work with them. And we let our families know we're kind of like a clearinghouse on what's out there. And we, we're always referring our families to, oh, call Alara Community Farms and Wall if you want to work with animals. They have great opportunities there or, or this one or that one. So there is stuff out there. And one of the things I'm most proud of, we have an online support group for New Jersey families called the New Jersey Autism Warriors. It was founded by Stacy Murray, entirely volunteer, all the admins, the five, the five women that run, run it for us. And we have, I think, close to 5,300 New Jersey families on there, active, active. And if you post a question at 2 in the morning, by 2.15, usually have three or four responses. So when someone has a question on transition or anything, I need a dentist. I need a barber. I need a good neurologist. I need someone to do a functional behavioral assessment. I, I need a insurance company that covers ABA. You put it out to 5,300 moms. And I, I say moms, there's a few dads <laughs> smattered in there more and more all the time. But 5,300 people will know a heck of a lot, lot more than you or I could ever know individual. So we often throw the questions out to the support group and it's a closed support group so the only people that can see it you have to be a member but to be a member you have to be a parent or a caregiver and li live in new jersey so the requirements aren't that hard but there's a lot of support in fact right now we, we have an online virtual zoom support group meeting going right now i have somebody else running it for me so but we have those once a month as well, anywhere in the state. And once COVID, we, we have them in person as well. And we usually feed you dinner on the in, in person ones. That's always nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
New Jersey Autism Warriors. So that's a volunteer yes. group. Yes. Yeah. Get, getting back to what, what you're saying about transitioning and not waiting until the child is about to graduate or turn 18. Correct. Correct. And uh, even though my children are, are a lot younger, I have heard that you cannot wait until the last minute. You no, need you to cannot. start preparing six years in advance at least. Absolutely. And the one nice thing yeah, because attorneys make money on setting up guardianships and wills. And the nice thing about that is that they're always advertising their services through workshops and seminars run by a host of people, just not POAC. Like, I think every autism group out there has those workshops because they're free. The attorney doesn't charge because they, you know, they, they, they make it up on the back end. But it's needed. And the attorneys doing it are really good attorneys. And the ones you see all the time are the ones I would go to, are the ones that I, I go to that support the autism community. And they do a lot of good stuff. You want to start thinking about it now. A 12-year-old, a parent of a 12-year-old needs to start thinking. And what is your, your school, wherever the placement is, what are you going to do? Southern Regional High School is a great example. They do job sampling for all of their kids in their autism program. And diverse job sampling, just not folding pizza boxes, you know, not that anything's wrong with that. All different avenues, all different types of businesses to see what the individual would like. Because I like my job, so I do it well. Find the interest of the child. And the reason you want to sample is because if they don't like this, maybe they would love to be in the food industry or the service industry or clean or whatever, computer programming. Yeah, there's no limits on, on the spectrum. And in that school, they actually have a gourmet food service, you know, fresh mozzarella, Italian Parma ham that hundreds of people order from every day. And they have all the kids on the spectrum ordering it. So it's, it's, it's great. My son has a job in a restaurant um, at No Limits Cafe in Red Bank. Give them a plug. And their sole purpose is to hire individuals with intellectual disabilities to work there. And my son, he's going to be there tomorrow working. I think tomorrow we make tomato soup and butternut squash and bread pudding. That's his job for, for tomorrow. And there's stuff out there. You just have to be connected and be part of the group. Sometimes people ask me for the parents of a recently diagnosed child, what is the most important thing? If you could tell them, Gary, one thing. And my answer is always the same. You need a community of support, wherever that is. But you need to find that community of support, your support group. And I don't mean like online support group or in person. I mean the people that you reach out to can call, that, that, that can help you. So you're not alone. You know, when my son was diagnosed, there was one in 10,000 children of autism. And today in New Jersey, was it 122 boys in, in the state of New Jersey? And parents still feel isolated and alone, even though there's so many of us, so many of us. So what you need as a parent is to have that community of support, to know I can reach out, I can get the answers, whoever it is. Join your local special ed PTA. There would probably only be three of you on it, but sometimes it takes you to be the person, you know, rather than complaining about, oh, we don't have anything here. Well, start doing it and reach out for other agencies to partner with. That There's help. It's just not always easy to find, but it's definitely out there. Your son was two when he was diagnosed? 
He was three and a half. I knew at two something was up. He was our first child, wasn't talking. And I kept on saying something's wrong. So we made three separate appointments with his pediatrician. And all three times, oh, Mr. Whiteson, don't worry about it. He's fine. In fact, the third time, the nurse, and I'm quoting her, she goes, Mr. Whiteson, quote, if you would just sit back and shut up and allow your son to talk for himself, he would, quote, and unquote. And my son was severely impacted by his autism. Self-interest, nonverbal. Today, he doesn't shut up, and he's the greatest young man in the world. But severe. We went to an audiologist because our son wasn't responding. Called his name. He wouldn't even look. And the audiologist, oh, Mr. Whiteson, my own kids don't listen to me. It's okay. His hearing tested fine. I heard a speech teacher. She never mentioned autism. She said it was apraxia, where the words just get jumbled around but he's going to be fine. Instead of three hours at $80 cash, non-reimbursed by insurance company, you need five hours a week at $80. And this was 25 years ago. So, uh, you know, in today's dollars, we got the diagnosis finally, got him help, and it was life-changing. But we lost a year and a half from people telling us nothing was wrong. You know, I just tell parents, trust your, your mom gut, trust your, your dad gut. If something seems wrong, usually is. And I don't mean just to get the diagnosis with your child's programming. If you go there and something seems like, oh, no, maybe that's the time you need an advocate to come in and take a look at the program. Trust your gut. It's usually right. Not always, usually. I've certainly been there because my oldest child was also more severe and we had nothing to really compare it to. So I look back and I look at that time thinking, that wasted time. I wish I had I know, known. No, I wish I we know. could have started earlier. Where would she be today if we had started earlier? Yeah. And that's an awful I, feeling and you can't look back. I, I do it all the time still. All these years later, I'm like, God. You know, because Chris is incredible. But Chris is going to live with us until I die. And then you probably live with his sister until, until forever. For us, that's the right decision for us. That you know, No judgment, no, nothing but love for everybody but it's just my situation our situation in our family and i think all the time tara we lost that time a year and a half and then it took us a couple of years to get them into the right program so we wasted more time and our children don't have time to waste something i say all the time to my parents and my teachers that i train either helping a child with autism either helping them or you're hurting them There's nothing else. There's no other choice. Well, no, we just mean the status quo. Well, then you're hurting the child, either helping the child or hurting them. And if you look at it that way, it's it's really, in my mind, the only way to look at it. And we should always look, what can we do? Always moving the bar forward. My son's 26. I can guarantee you on my life, a year from now, my son will have more skills and more abilities than he does today. Me, probably not. <laughs> I'm pretty much done. But my son, I guarantee you he'll, he will be. I can't wait to see where Christopher will be 10 years from now. I, I, I just can't wait to see how far he's going to come. And maybe it's this far, but it's this much further than he is now. And I just realized we're audio. No one can see my fingers, <laughs> you know. But, An inch. You know, yeah, inch, you know, but that's, it's going to be more and it's going to be more. I, I, and we're going to work on it. And never stop working. 
never stop working. There's always growth. As humans, we should never stop our thirst for knowledge. And as parents of our children, bottom line, your job, my job, all the parents' jobs of individuals on the spectrum is to make them as independent as possible for when we're dead, because we're going to die. That's the reality. We won't be here forever. So everything in our power to do everything we can for our our children now. And frankly, another cold fact that people don't want to deal with is that you basically have 21 years for the most part. You are entitled to a free and appropriate public education up till 21, depending on you know severity of their needs. And after 21, most individuals, there's not a lot of learning going on because there's not a lot of teaching going on anymore after 21. So you have this golden time with incredible dedicated professionals working with your child. Maybe they don't know what to do. Maybe they do. If they don't know what to do, let's get them trained. Let, let's get them up to speed because their dedication and commitment's there, but maybe they need better tools depending on the school, depending on the program. And let's help them because up to 21, that's the golden time. After that, really not so much, unless the parents are doing it on their own constantly. I'm going to be in the kitchen tomorrow. No, on, on Saturday with my son. I'm going to be in the kitchen Saturday making the food with him. Not that he really needs help because he's, he's awesome. But when he does, I'm going to teach it to him. And now he's going to know that. And he will remember how to do it long after I forget how to do it because he doesn't forget anything after he's taught it. Uh, that sounds like one of my children who's also very interested in food and starting to, well, at this point, make sandwiches. That's a big deal. But there's an interest there. So we're rolling with that. Right yeah. Now. So that's good to hear. It's very encouraging. And no, you don't stop once they graduate. You keep. You have to keep going and teaching, whether it's managing their day, doing laundry, or job skill that they need. It is for life. It's for life. I always say when the parents first call us that, and they just got the diagnosis, all right, you have a part-time job for the rest of your life. They can never quit. And I don't want to diminish right. it by saying part-time job, <laughs> but you got a job that you can never quit forever but it's also one of the most rewarding jobs I've, I've ever had in my life. What other things does your son enjoy uh, recreationally? He loves music. He has a gift. He, if he hears a song, he especially loves church organ music. So any um, song they play during service, they let him go up to the big pipe organ and then he will play it as people are leaving note for note perfectly. Um, he just, he's gifted musically. Nice. Uh, at POAC, we have tons of recreational events, tons, hundreds. And the Warriors group, the New Jersey Autism Warriors, they have additional stuff as well. So once COVID's done, soon, I hope, you're going to see a ton of those. And those recreational events, I cannot stress the importance of it. One, the entire family, just not the child or adult with autism, their siblings always, always included. Like we have three surf camps that we do every year, just not the child or adult with autism. Their brothers and sisters are learning how to surf as well. The whole family, everything we do. And the recreational events, it's just not a great fun event. And it's an opportunity to practice social skills. 
make real friends, the friendships that develop. I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of friendships and kids on the spectrum making friends with kids on the spectrum, kids on the spectrum making friends with the typical siblings, typical siblings with other, you know, it's everybody. You know, they come up, oh, Mr. Gary, is John here? Is Jaden here? Is Sky here? Yes, yes, yes. And they're so excited to see their friends in an event that they're welcomed at and treat it with respect and love and kindness. And the parents get to see their children do things that they never thought they would do. We have to set the bar higher for our kids, especially for someone like my son who was so involved, so impacted by his, his autism and his self-injurious behaviors and his lack of language. And for him to make gains, there's a tendency like, oof, okay, I'm done now. Hell, he's no longer biting himself. You know, he can tell me that he has to go to the bathroom and ask for juice. Oof, thank God that's over. No, I have to teach him how to work, how to be safe and like everything, everything else. So always setting the bar higher and you set it higher. It's amazing how often they reach it. And if they reach the bar, that just means we need to set it higher still. So the rec events are life-altering, life-altering for these kids. And when I say kids, all ages, my son, I refer to him as my kid. And he's 26. And when I call him my boy, he corrects me, Daddy, I'm a young man. I'm like, okay, okay, Chris. <laughs> I know you're a young man. And it also allows times for the parents to talk to one another. And when we have an event somewhere, we rent out the whole place. So if it's an indoor bounce house, the only people there are the POAC families. Nobody else is allowed. We pay for everything. So the parents know everyone there is part of our group. Everyone's there looking at everybody else's kid and help, help them out. We had one little boy, 10-year-old boy, stripped totally naked while waiting to go down the slide. Just, it happens, right? Nobody batted an eye. The other moms jumped in, got him dressed before his mom even knew he was naked. And like looked down, oh, where's the sock? I'm thinking, sock? <laughs> you should have looked a minute ago. And nobody, he didn't get kicked out. There was no ridicule. And frankly, he's never done it again. I'm not sure what motivated them then, but it happens. It's not unusual. But doing these recreational events for 21 years, we've never had a problem. In fact, all of the recreational places that we rent and pay for, we hear the same thing every time. You guys, we love when POAC comes because your families are, they clean up after themselves, they take care of their kids, they're watching, and you're so well-behaved, and everyone's just so happy to be here, and they're thanking us up and down, versus Johnny's birthday party earlier, they're like, oh my God, those kids were horrible. <laughs> so our family appreciate, as you know, you appreciate when someone's good to your child, because it's not always the case but it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. And the way it gets better is by having our guys out there in the community. We're everywhere. My son's everywhere. He's a superstar, Chris. And I, I so often go to stores or restaurants. And if Chris happens not to be with me, which is rare that he's not with me, they're always like, where's your son? I'm like, oh, he's not with me today. Oh, so it's just you? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's the superstar. I'm, I'm fine to play second fiddle to Christopher. I'm glad to hear that he's doing so well. Yeah, he, he really is. He, he's an amazing young man. Great. 
where can parents go for more information? Where's the best place? Our website's really the best place, POAC, P-O-A-C dot net dot N-E-T. And what I would recommend is to go in the about section and just watch the video. It's like a three and a half minute video. I'm on there. In fact, you get to see my son, Christopher, in the video. And it really captures in three minutes what we, what we do. And we do a lot, all the recreational events, the, the, the training for the parents and teachers, the Autism Shield program, which is my baby, which is my baby. I'm the one that does all that training. You know, I'm a certified law enforcement instructor. I routinely teach at three police academies plus individual departments. I'm on my local EMS squad as a member and the chaplain on there, member of National Search and Rescue. And I live it every single day day it's vital so watch those and call us up join the our support group the new jersey autism warriors and you join it and you're going to have 5300 parents out there helping you all the st step of the way and it's not a support group like oh boohoo woe is me and trust me parents are having a bad day they're going to post it but it's more like hey how do you get your your child to swallow his his medicine or he had a great day today or I'm looking for a barber because there is no autism barber list out there. I wish there was. But, you know, oh, I live in Tom's River. Who's a good barber to take my son? And trust me, all the Tom's River moms and dads will know, oh, take him to so-and-so. So that's important. Join our website. Get involved with us. Really get involved. We have a membership, $40 a year, but you don't have to be a member to come to anything. It just helps us keep the lights on. Frankly, it's a level of support rather than get something out of it. So members we love, but you don't have to be a member. If you don't have the $40, don't worry about it. Thank you, Gary. This this is such valuable information to hear about. Uh, Schaefer Sports Center for the swimming. Or swimming. A Lair Community Farm and Wall. There's hundreds of agencies and groups we, we work with. We, we do so much work with churches. We have a clergy conference every year. And last year when we ran the clergy conference, it was amazing. We had virtually, I don't know how many Christian, you know, Protestant, different denominations were there. We had Jewish individuals. We had Muslim individuals, Islamic, like all different religions. And I'm standing in front of the group, clergy leaders and lay leaders. And I'm like, how beautiful is this? That this audience is made up of literally all different religions, all different backgrounds, all different colors, and we're united in the love for our children and in the clergy case to bring them closer to our faith, whatever your faith is. And I've gotten a lot of amazing gifts from autism. And one of the biggest is to see the good in people and how people want to help and just give them the opportunity. So like the clergy conference, you know, for me personally, that was, uh, that was my own little thing that I really wanted to do because often our kids either are out and out not accepted in church or we feel they're not accepted. Church, a uniform, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever religious building you're talking about. And it's the one place you should feel most welcome. And our, our family's report's actually probably the least place they feel welcome. So I love that so many of these churches, again, church, synagogue, uh, mosque, they're stepping up and they're stepping up and they're doing the, the right thing. And we have that clergy conference every year. And that's just one thing we do. We have training for bus drivers and bus aides and security guards. And uh, there's so much out there. And if we see a need, 
we just do it. Uh, that the one benefit of not being funded by the government is if I see a need, I do it. If it's to help a child, we do it at POAC and I don't have to ask permission. We just do it. And, and that's the way things get done, isn't it? Uh, you don't ask permission, you just do it. <laughs> Words to live by. Yes. <laughs> so, the, uh, the organization is POAC. The website is POAC.net. Yes. I, I know there's a Facebook page. And yes. is there an Instagram? You know, we do have an Instagram and a YouTube channel. During COVID, I've been reading stories, story time with Mr. Gary. I think we're up yes, to like yes. six books on there right now. So if you go into the YouTube channel, you can see me read 96 stories, including some gross ones that the kids ask, but all the classics as well, all the Dr. Seuss's and stuff. And I, I just love it. Those videos, by the time they're done, we get close to a thousand people watching each story. And when I read it live, there's you know a couple dozen kids commenting on it as I'm reading those. So I, I just enjoy doing that. So yeah, we have that. I don't know how to post on YouTube or, or all those other things, but you know, luckily we have incredible young woman, Brittany at POAC that does all that for me. <laughs> she just films it and it magically appears. <laughs> nice. I'm well, I, I, I've never tweeted. I, I'm going to admit it here freely, Tara. I'm sorry. I, I don't use Twitter myself either. Okay. So, good, good. So okay. Well, th thank you for all that you do. And it was great hearing about all these different programs and things and again anyone can go and find more information at poac.net so. absolutely and if you know any police fire ems that wants the advanced training for autism recognition response please have them reach out directly to us and we can set that up that training with one phone call one phone call that training can be set up i encourage that too thank so. you so much for allowing us to allowing me to spend the time with you and get the information out and i'm really excited that i know someone's sitting there listening to this that now we're going to be able to help them and change their direction of their life so well, thank you for that and the work that you do thank you gary